0: Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. This is the 15th episode in the co-pilot series where we can chat about making the plant-based lifestyle more doable, especially while facing the common challenges and roadblocks we all face on our journey to better health and weight loss. Today's guest is a longtime meal plan member that I've been very fortunate to work with on a one-on-one basis. I asked her to be on today's podcast because I think you'll really be able to relate to her story and some of her hurdles. And as she said in our member forums recently... As someone who can testify a meal mentor has helped me surpass my goals with adjusting minor things, the key is consistency and not to get frustrated. The small progress you've made is still progress and other people will notice before you do. I just I loved what she said and I immediately convinced her to come on the podcast today. And her comment was in response to another member citing disappointment that they only lost about a pound that week. And I think it's important to remind everyone real quick that one to two pounds is an ideal healthy loss and when you start getting closer to the goal it'll slow and the scale starts to become really unreliable for tracking it your weight really starts to fluctuate there as you're closer to your goal so I can't recommend using a pair of pants enough and our guest today has done that and I'm sure she'll tell you all about it so before I jabber on too much more please give me a big hand in welcoming Laura. Hi Laura! Hi Lindsay! Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on today.
1: No problem.
0: My pleasure. <laughs> so before we get into some of the nitty-gritty, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and sort of how you came to the plant-based diet and the meal plans? Okay. Uh,
1: when I was diagnosed with spinal stenosis, herniated disc, and degeneration, which basically means that whenever I went to go do something, I'd fall right to the floor in pain. Ooh. Um, yeah. So, I was out of work for six months waiting for my insurance to can to cover surgery. Wow. Um, yeah. So, by the time I was 24 years old, I was able to have back surgery. But they had me on bed rest for six months um, to make sure that I was fully fused to go back to work. So you were on bed rest, like you just had to stay in
0: bed for six months.
1: Uh, well, b- before and after the surgery, it was a year. So, Oh, my yeah. gosh. Um, I w- the only exercise I could do was walk. And it wasn't that I could walk that far even. It probably would take me mm, maybe about 40 minutes walk half a mile.
0: So were you able to work during this time?
1: No. There was no, no work done for me because I'm a massage therapist, and being a massage therapist, our bodies are abused all the time, um, just trying to help people feel better.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, like, what happened? Um, so what were you doing for, like, food and stuff during this time? I mean, you, you were on bed rest. Were, were you in a hospital or...? No, I was at home, but um, I
1: had no income. I was denied disability three times. Oh my gosh! Um, Yeah, so I had rent to pay, credit cards, car payments, everything. So you know, the grocery store always had TV dinners on sale, and you know, they're not that good for you. They're crappy, but it filled the hole in my stomach. My jeans, my underwear, (laughs) my shirts. I expanded. Everywhere, big time.
0: (laughs) I bet having to live on TV dinners, and um, but that it didn't end there, right? Like you end up having more complications after the back surgery. No,
1: when after I turned twenty five, my diet got really out of control uh, because I was getting sick after every meal. Sometimes I didn't even make it to the end of my meal before I got sick. Um, So I went to the doctor, and the doctor immediately sent me to the emergency room and I
0: had my gallbladder removed the day later. Oh my gosh. So, and you're in, in case you missed it. She was only 25 and she was 24 with the back. So, I mean, you very young, most people think you're invincible in their early twenties and you're having these major things happen. But, um, your boyfriend was, you know, there for you of course. And he, he was vegan at the time, right?
1: Yeah. He had went uh vegan a year before this all happened. So, um he's, he originally started with the eighty ten ten diet, and I thought he was crazy when he first told me that he was going to do it. <laughs> and
0: my first questions out of my mouth were, like, where are you getting your protein from? Like, you <laughs> which we get so annoyed with. <laughs> which people ask us and we get annoyed with now, so my, my, how the tables have turned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, now I completely understand, so... But he made it very comfortable for me to start changing my eating habits after my gallbladder was removed. Um, Those of you who don't know, uh, you really don't want to go back to eating animal fats after you've had your gallbladder removed because it is not fun retraining your body to do so.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know much about it, but um, on a previous podcast, Kim ha- actually avoided gallbladder surgery by going plant based. She was going to need to get hers out just like you did, but she had to wait. I think it might have been an insurance thing for her too. She couldn't get the surgery right away, and it just so happened that in that time, she went plant based, and then she ended up not needing the gallbladder surgery. But I had no idea. I mean, obviously, all surgeries are quite intense, um, and having something removed is even more intense. But I never realized how you have to, like you said, retrain your body when you have your gallbladder out. But I guess you skipped some of that by going plant-based?
1: Yeah, I skipped all of it by going plant-based. So basically, um, I just want to say that gallbladder surgery was worse than back surgery. It was more painful. Really? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it, it was way more painful than back surgery ever was. I mean, I had all kinds of medications in the hospital for my back surgery, but they put me on stronger stuff for my gallbladder, and that still didn't help. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You poor thing. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: Yeah. So, um, so you went plant-based after the gallbladder surgery, and we knew from beforehand you said that you ate a lot of TV dinners, and so you gained a lot of weight, and you weren't feeling very good. But did the plant-based diet help you? I mean, we know it helped you recover from the gallbladder surgery, but did you start losing weight? What happened?
1: Um, I started with the eighty ten ten diet because that's what uh, my boyfriend was on, um, but I found that it was really extreme. Um,
0: Can you helps, tell us what that is um, if
1: someone's not familiar with the eighty ten ten? Like, what does it mean? Eighty ten ten is eighty percent carbs, ten percent fat, ten percent protein, which is basically raw fruits and vegetables. Okay, um, it's really not much of any cooked things that you would be eating. Um, definitely so- no aisle, but we don't we
0: don't cook with oil today though. So it's basically a raw diet, but without the nuts and oil. Correct. Okay. And basically okay. fruit, right? I think that's what i read. It's predominantly, fr- it's almost fruititarian, right? Yeah, it's basically fruititarian. Okay. Yeah. Just for people who've never heard of it. I'm not even that familiar with it, but um, so you, you did that initially, but you didn't stick with it.
1: No, because I was craving burgers and fries and
0: anything else on TV I wanted because
1: it just was not working for me. Um, but I actually had this really good friend who um, he basically has his own cookbook on Amazon right now. Um, he made it when he was like 14 years old. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he he basically guided me to you. Oh um,
0: Well, now yeah, I love him even more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I was just like okay well you know Lindsay's making all this stuff that looks like it's delicious you know like I wish you were here to cook it for me because I don't <laughs> know how to cook it <laughs> um, and that's about the time where you started doing the meal plans okay? and I was buying it every week I was like buying it well not every week I guess when I had the money um, I would buy weekly plans and then you know I bought the year plan okay. and I I was just, I kept cooking the same foods that I loved from your plans over and over and over and over and over again I, I became obsessive over like certain meals and then I was just like I started losing weight I started dropping so let's say from after back surgery I went up to hundred and seventy 180 pounds and then I gradually got down to 140 to pounds oh wow that's where I started balancing off yeah from from your Diets from your meal plans. That's amazing. So, um, but in that, like you know, you helped me uh, understand that
0: I had addiction to addiction to sugar. Right. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. So the way you and I came to work on one-on-one is you had sort of plateaued, and you were kind of like, why isn't it? It's worked for me for so long, and I've lost this weight, and I feel great, but it's like. I'm, I'm not getting to where I need to go. I've kind of stalled. And so I said, hey, let's work together. And we started working one on one, which was fabulous because I, I love emailing with you. But um, one of the things we realized together was, you know, a food addiction. And it's something I have talked about on the podcast before with some of our other um, co pilots. But one of the things is, I find when I say food addict or food addiction, a lot of people look at me like I'm crazy because food addicts don't necessarily act the same way as a drug addict or an alcoholic so they don't think it's the same or they deny that a food can have control over them but you and I have both had this food addiction experience where there's just this food and when we eat it we can't stop eating it no matter how much we don't want to eat it you know i just i don't want to do it you just can't help yourself and for me you know I love to tell a story about a brownie where I laid in bed all night long thinking about the brownie to the point where first thing in the morning I went downstairs because I was at a a hotel restaurant and I tried to order the brownie for breakfast but I was too mortified to be like hey it's 8 a.m can I have the brownie Sunday but I I still (laughs) wanted it so bad And then it just happened that we were checking out. It was the last day of our vacation, but I thought of the brownie the whole way home, the whole way to the airport, the whole time on the airplane, and then for three days after. And it's like, clearly, this brownie had a power over me. That asparagus just does not. So, um, (laughs) you know, so maybe you can tell us some of your experience in discovering your food addiction. Uh, well, as our
1: bae knows, I, I love the Thai peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> yes, those are really good. <laughs> I had it. I'm not even kidding you. I had it in replace of every single lunch for 10 days straight. 10 days straight? Ten, wow. 10 days straight. I had a, I even craved it on the 11th day, but that's when we got an emailing. And we said, <laughs> no more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... You know, I don't know if a lot of people know, when I have dinner with my family once a week, we have wine. And, you know, you put me to a challenge of giving up (laughs) certain sugars and stuff, and wine was one of them. And can I just tell you that I crave wine every single day. It's not, I didn't drink that much before. It was maybe a glass, maybe two, depending on the night it was just social, it was, it was mm-hmm. a good time with my family, but I gave up that glass of wine and I stopped, you know, I, I, I wanted sugar, mm. I wanted wine, I wanted candy, I wanted everything, but you know, I decided, all right, if I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this for real. And this is obviously a problem because I should not be craving wine at eight o'clock in the morning. I should mm-hmm. be craving wine at 9 o'clock in the morning
0: <laughs> all day long. That's all I wanted. That's what it would me with the brownie. Night. Same thing. Exact thing. Same thing. Wanted yeah. the brownie Sunday, 8 in the morning, 9 in the morning, all day long. Wanted the brownie Sunday.
1: But I never knew it was a problem because I would only have wine once a week. Mm-hmm. And now I want it every single day. Like I had no idea it was a
0: sugar-related thing. And wine especially, because so, it's like a juice. I mean, really, it's a fermented juice if we get real nitty-gritty.
1: Yeah, it is. It's delicious adult juice. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> <laughs> and to top it all off, like, I wanted the sweet wine, too. I wanted, like, Riesling, you know? That was my wine that I wanted every single day. Um, so, basically, just drinking sugar every single day is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but... When you gave me certain advice about um, what to do when I come across this, you know, do laundry, walk away from the kitchen, clean the bathroom, something, it actually works. Mm -hmm. It works so unbelievably well that I told some customers at Whole Foods that I work at, um, you know, you don't need this XYZ pill that this Dr. XYZ says, you know, just try doing this. And they're like, oh
0: that makes sense. I don't know why I didn't think of that earlier. <laughs> it is amazing. Cause like I find when I want something that's really, um, You know, it's like an addiction food for me, which is almost always sugar. And we're actually starting to see research now, brain scans and what have you, that show some foods and ingredients, specifically sugar, which seems to be what all the research has been on lately, that it is as addictive as heroin or cocaine, that it truly would cause someone, as you said, once you have it, to then crave it constantly, constantly, constantly at eight and nine o'clock in the morning. And I think that's why people have such a hard time giving up things like candy or wine because it's just, it sets this trigger off in your brain where it's like more, 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 need more, more because it, you know, causes dopamine and all these chemicals. But um, that has been one thing that's really helped me is because I have to just avoid it. Because if I go, if I have it, if I have a little of it, forget it. That's it. I'm going to be on this roller coaster for a while. But... That for me, it's all about not <laughs> starting. And one of the things I told you, which I'm so glad it's working for you, is to distract yourself, like leave the kitchen, go do something else, think of something gross or do something gross. And I sort of got this idea from a girlfriend who, if she wanted a junky food, she required herself to go walk her dog for 30 minutes. And the idea was that she was like burning calories to make it not so bad, but she realized it was like picking up dog poop made her just not want it anymore. Anymore. And I was like, that's it. That's the secret. It isn't that she went for a walk. It's that it, she just was like, after you've like handled dog poop, you just suddenly don't want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so, that, yeah. That, and that, so like, all just doesn't
1: seem appetizing.
0: Anymore. <laughs> right. And so if you go clean the toilet or even just like thinking about going and cleaning the toilet, I find it really helps pass the craving for potato chips or Skittles or cinnamon buns or whatever it is that I'm going through at that time. And it really makes me happy. And I've been so pleased to see how you've been implementing it and trying it. And, you know, brushing your teeth is always a good one, too. But sometimes you can't do that if you're at work or something like that. But uh, I'm really glad that it's helped you so much.
1: Me, too. Oh, man, I would not be my size today if it weren't for you. (laughs) <laughs> I know and we're really, gonna talk from about, beginning to now
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna talk about your recent uh, success which is super awesome but one thing I wanted to also talk about today is massage therapy you mentioned earlier that you were a massage therapist and admittedly I was completely ignorant about massage therapy I thought massages were a form of indulgence like a pleasure and they certainly can be but you also have healing hands you actually heal people and my first sort of you know, realization of this was that a friend of mine was in a car accident and suffering from chronic pain and a massage therapist healed her in when way medications and other therapies had, had not. And it, it just changed my whole perspective. And so I've been seeing a massage therapist regularly to sort of fix some problems in my body. And I know you're very passionate about massage therapy. And I thought maybe you could tell us what led you to become a massage therapist and the work you do and how, if someone's listening today, how it might help their body.
1: Um, I guess it all started when I was two years old. <laughs> all the way back uh, to two. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was two years old, my mother had um, woke up one morning and she ruptured her discs in her neck so severely that it actually splintered bone into her muscles and nerves. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. So, um, thank God she was not paralyzed. Um, she had use of her arms still, but she couldn't feel anything. Like she couldn't, she didn't know that there was a pen in her hand. She could see that it was there, but she couldn't feel it. Mm, Scary. Um, And at the time, um, my dad had two full-time jobs and there were four children under the age of 10 at home. Oh my gosh. So, the surgery that she would have had to have uh, required them to take her hip and put it into her neck, and she would be off her feet for six months to a year. Oh, my gosh. That's just not possible. No. It's not possible to to do that. It's just... Not with four babies at
0: home. Oh, my gosh.
1: Right. So um, I was the one who was being dragged to chiropractors, uh, physical therapy sessions, massage therapists, just to try and relax the muscles that are around the injury to help relieve some of the pain even though none of it really helped her until she had finally gotten the titanium surgery in her neck when I was like in 5th grade um, it still interested me as to how other health care professionals can help people still so you don't necessarily have to be you know, a doctor or a nurse to help people you can be something else and um, I just Went from there. I went to massage school at the age of twenty, and I loved every single minute of it. That's wonderful. Like I, I hung on to every single word. I just took it, took to it like it was a second language to me. I just immediately loved it. Um, so, I got into chronic pain management with my school because I wanted to serve a purpose of helping people improve the quality of their life every single day. Um and so yeah. That's Nine years amazing.
0: Later. <laughs> yeah. And I I love hearing stories of people who were so young who knew what they wanted to do and then they went and studied it and it was exactly right, that perfect fit for them, and they just I I wish that had happened to me. So I have so much jealousy and envy because I took a very windy road to find my bliss. And I just, it makes me so happy to hear a young person such as yourself, 20 years old, to go do this thing that they were already passionate about. And it just was the perfect fit. And I can tell you really love your work by the way you talk about it.
1: I absolutely do. I mean, I I talk about it a lot to
0: my friends and my my family come to me all the time.
1: Laura, I hurt my neck. What do I do? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I actually tweaked my neck really bad on Saturday, and I actually thought like I need to call Laura and be like, "What can I do to help myself?" So, what what is something like the average person? Uh, why would they want to go to massage therapy? What can it do for them? Like, if they have if they have an ache or a pain, should they go? Should they go for regular like maintenance to make sure their body's the way it should be? Um, well, I guess what would your advice be to just you know your average person who feels pretty good but is definitely interested in getting massage therapy for therapy?
1: Well, I have always said that as long as computers around, I will always have business. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anybody who sits at a desk, they're my client. I mean, that's just it's just neck and shoulders the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, basically, when you're in that much pain where you feel like you need to see a massage therapist, you have to kind of evaluate what your life is like. What is your diet like? What is your water intake? How are you sitting? Is your neck turned the entire day? Are you stressed? Certain uh, certain things uh, basically add up, and then over time, it'll throw your neck out. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one thing that you've done. It's it's multiple things that you have to figure out what you're doing in order to help relieve it. Um, there are simple stretches that you can look up online to see if. Um, it can help relieve the pain. Um, heating pads are always a good idea. Um, it helps relieve the, the muscle tension and increase um, uh, circulation to help relax the muscle. Um, if you've injured yourself from falling down, ice is always a good idea. Just, I know there's controversy out there about icing and how it will further injure you, but um, it's so old school and so basic that it does help relieve some pain. So.
0: Well, what's really interesting, because I have heard that about the icing too, but I've noticed a lot of professionals like NFL players, they put them in ice baths after a game. And so I feel like it can't be bad if they're these professional athletes who make millions and millions of dollars and bring in millions and millions of dollars. What? Why would they put them in an ice bath if it wasn't, you know, that's something I always wondered. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're having a theory out there saying that, well, you need the swelling to help facilitate healing of the area, which is true you do, but sometimes the body just overdoes it and, you Mm -hmm. know, it just, it becomes more of an issue. Like the swelling is more pain than the actual injury itself. So that's why you would use ice would be to get rid of some of the swelling that happens. But even when, after you've removed the ice, blood flows into the area anyway to help get the good... Right. Uh, vitamins and nutrients into the muscle. So um, I just, I would say generally, ice is safe. Just stick
0: with it. <laughs> One thing that I have found really just absolutely fascinating with massage therapy, and I'm sure this was fascinating for you in school, was that a lot of times where the pain is is not where the problem is. And God. I've... Yes. Yeah. I, I
1: have to explain that to my clients every single day because there's trigger points. The mm-hmm. pain travels. So, nine times out of ten, when you have low back pain, you actually have glute pain, which is in your upper butt. So, if you can relax those glutes, you can relax your back.
0: Yeah. That was one of the things that has, I guess, surprised me the most in all of the massage therapy I've been through. And, of course, also with my friend that had chronic pain, like where she was. Physically experiencing the pain was not actually where the problem is, and it's just the body is so amazing in that way And that's what I tell people a lot of time is if like your wrist is hurting It might not actually be your wrist or if you know you're having sciatic pain It might not actually just be where you know you where the pain is actually Where you're feeling it which is in your legs and if you've never had sciatic pain, um, you're you're a very fortunate person um Yeah, yeah, because it's it's painful so You said, uh, going back to our massage therapy, that it was your mother who had this horrible thing happen, and I can't even imagine how, bless her, but um, she (laughs) is slowly coming over to the plant side. Is that right? Oh, that is right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: You know? (laughs) I I am sorry to say I don't work on my mother, okay? My mother is just one of those people who, if I worked on her, would probably break our relationship. Uh, Well, with with that being said, she recently had pulled a hamstring uh, because she she just wasn't doing anything. She was just walking. She pulled her hamstring, and she was in a lot of pain. And that was when I kind of went over and said, well, your body is in an acidic state. You eat meat every single day. You drink coffee every single day. Your diet is crap. Like, it's saying I've had enough. Mm Mm-hmm. So I told her a little bit how um, plants can help alkaline the body and um, help f- uh, facilitate healing of the muscle tissue in itself and get out some of the uh, lactic acid that builds up and over time can harden the muscles, which can cause the snaps. Mm-hmm. So um, she said, "Okay, well, you know, whatever. I'll we'll have kibasi tonight and uh, I'll start it tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, all right, mom, whatever. Like, do what you're going to do. I'm going to give you some information. You do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. And so she took it a little bit to heart. Um, She gave up red meat. Wow. And she started eating more vegetables into her diet than anything else. And she's getting my dad on the road with it. So um, that's great. She said to me, yeah, she said to me the other day that she accidentally put like um, ground beef into her her ziti and she wasn't feeling good the next day like her body
0: her entire body just felt bad so she's starting to see like what you were saying about when you eat crap you feel like crap because there's just it's all crap
1: (laughs) it's yeah it's a lot of crap (laughs) um she's she's starting to take notice um it's still a learning curve for her um she's still pressured by my brothers who you know i grew up in a meat and potato family so um she's still getting pressured by my brothers to cook uh things that you know, sh- we shouldn't be eating because it just doesn't make her feel good.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're coming around. <laughs> and it was sort of your study of massage therapy and sort of practicing massage therapy where you started to really notice how food affects your body in positive and negative ways, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, whenever... <laughs> whenever I ate crap I felt like crap and I ate a lot of crap
0: crap. (laughs) yeah because you were living on tv dinners which oh my goodness I still can't believe it but I, I understand I mean in that kind of a situation it's so it's so difficult and challenging and it makes me so stressed about sort of our healthcare industry as I'm sure you have way more frustrations and stress than I do having been what you've been through and of course with your mom too and it's just hopefully that will change hopefully that will change really 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 soon But, um, one of the ways I keep myself on the, you know, sort of straight path is that I like to think about how good I feel when I make good choices and how bad I feel when I make bad choices. And I know that's something we definitely talked about on our one-on-one sessions. And are you starting to do that? Are you still doing that where you think about how you used to eat and how bad it made you feel to help power you to make better choices?
1: Uh, Yeah, sometimes I do forget, and I do eat the bad thing, and then I remember (laughs) eating in the first place. Right. Um, I think that's, like, my biggest lesson is just to to make mistakes every now and then and be reminded, hey, you're still human, and this Mm -hmm. is still going to make you feel like crap.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: But what's been helping me a lot is uh, just – knowing the size I am right now and how badly I wanted this my entire life. And I finally have it. Don't mess it up now. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, and just eat from the meal plans, the breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, dessert before I feel like I want whatever it is that I'm craving. Like, because by the time I'm done with my day, my, you know, when I have my dessert, I don't want what I thought I wanted before. I mm-hmm. just, I'm done. Yeah. That's amazing, so that's that's how your meal plans have like helped
0: me to be where I am today so we've been talking and dancing around and teasing our listeners a little bunch that you had a really big triumph recently, and uh, I think you already said that you're now in a size four pants, which was your ultimate dream, and you actually posted a picture of yourself for all the other members to see, and you looked incredible. And everyone oh, was, was so. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was a great picture. And I was so happy for you, but everyone else was really happy for you too. And it's so exciting when people reach their goals. And I mean, I can tell just hearing you talk about it the happiness and the pride and the excitement in your voice. What was it like for you when you put the pants on and you realized they fit and you'd reached this big goal that, as you said, you weren't sure you were ever going to get to, but you did with the meal plans? It's. It's the group. I mean, the group changed
1: my life. Like, it changed my life. It changed my waist. Uh, they motivated. They motivated me to pack my lunch and dinner and to not make excuses as to why I shouldn't. Um, I gave up my wine on Fridays, like I said earlier. I'm a size four in jeans. Never in my life have i ever been this size and this happy. Like, I just want to thank everybody for their encouragement, their motivation, their support. I don't know where I'd be without it, them. Like, I, I seriously don't. <laughs> I'm they, like it, downing a bag of potato chips and sitting on the couch wishing I were skinny. I like, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I love I love the members. I love the group. I love the members forum. I love our chats. I know because of your work schedule, you haven't been able to participate in the chats live. But I know you sometimes go back and watch the videos afterward. And it was so cute because the one time I had a live video chat, I talked about you, and I knew you. I, I knew you were there, but then you watched it. <laughs> you told me you saw it. <laughs> (laughs) And I was like, "Oh God, Lindsay said my name!" (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, because I like I always bet on it. Like, are they gonna know that I talk?" But it was a good example. I, I, in all fairness, it was a very positive thing. said but um, it was it yeah was. <laughs> but um but yeah and I know and I feel the same way like I feel like they help ke- just the community of all of our members I really just I appreciate the encouragement and the support and the motivation and I know sometimes I'm being the cheerleader but sometimes I need the, the cheerleading and you guys do it for me too and I'm so thrilled to hear that it's helping you as much as I envisioned the community would
1: I mean, the community is
0: amazing. I mean, now we have a freaking book club. I mean, oh, I know. I'm been, so excited.
1: I've been, ex- I've been wanting to expand like my horizon on books,
0: but didn't know where to go. And like, here you are, <laughs> Okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so excited for our, our first meeting and our my co-host for the book club, Kim, is actually also on the podcast. And so it's it's a lot of it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it too. Um, But yeah, book book clubs are fun and I'm really looking forward to when we all get to like hash out and talk about it. So, uh, but before we start talking about the book and then we spoil things for people, uh, (laughs) circling all the way back to the beginning, uh, when I quoted you for something that you had said in our forums is... Your words were, the key is consistency and not to get frustrated. The small progress you've made is still progress and other people will notice before you do. And it's such a great, beautiful point. And I was wondering if you had this experience personally, like where did this comment come from? Did that happen to you? Did some other person notice it before you saw change in yourself?
1: I didn't go from 180 pounds to 137 pounds overnight. Uh, I went from 108 pounds to 160 pounds to 150 pounds to 160 pounds. Like I yo-yoed my, my entire way, and I would get frustrated and I would cave and I'd go back up and then I'd, I'd be like, okay, I got this this time. I'd go back down and uh-huh. then I continue to go back down. And people would start telling me that I've lost weight, and I'm like, did I? I'm like, yeah, you did. I'm like, okay, thanks. You know, and then I go about my day. Um, but like, I I just can't stress enough where you you can't be frustrated over something so small as oh hey, you know what? I weighed myself yesterday and I was five pounds lighter than I am today. Like, it's it's water. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get frustrated over it. My best friend, my maid of honor, she. She's already lost 60 pounds Oh, that's incredible She's not plant-based Yeah, she's not plant-based But her journey is like, like similar to mine I mean like she was diagnosed with MS at the age of 20 Oh my god um, So she basically kind of like gave up And decided to eat whatever she wanted to And she skyrocketed mm-hmm. And then she had the legitimate fear of What if I wake up tomorrow and I can't move any of my limbs Nobody will be able to get me out of my bedroom I'm too heavy Mm, so she started we started going to the gym together I started helping her Um, I had worked at a gym previously and um, worked with the trainers because they all wanted a massage so I got free training oh wow (laughs) Um, yeah so they they taught me how to work with her in helping her lose weight and can I say like her life has turned around so much from just the little words of encouragement of take that pound that you lost, mm-hmm. it's still a pound that you lost. You didn't put that on. Exactly. Like, be happy for it. Mm-hmm. So just just stick with it. I mean, it's just it's whatever's anything worth having doesn't come easy. So just do whatever whatever you need to tell yourself to get out of the kitchen and go do something else.
0: Mm-hmm. Go do. That's such great advice. And I really loved your honesty about how you said, you know, you lost, uh, you were 160 or 150, 140, then you're 150. You know, it kind of was like up and down, up and down. And I wish more people would be that honest because I think that's true for anyone who's lost weight, especially more than say, you know, 10 or 15 pounds is I think we expect it to be like this downward spiral roller coaster, this like sharp downward thing. But I don't think that it's actually like that for most people. I think that it's kind of a more of a curvy, like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, But overall, in the big, big picture, you do end up going down. But I don't think it's just like a fluid slide, so to speak. And I really appreciate being honest, because that was certainly my truth is it wasn't just a slide one way. It was Oh, I went down a little bit back up a little down a little bit back up a little down a little bit. Yeah. And so I really love when people are honest and I think it's so amazing that you've helped your friend and of course you know there's a whole lot of research that supports uh the plant-based and the ms diet so I'm gonna have to send that along um I know I there's so much hard. research I know, I know. <laughs> on that's multiple sclerosis yeah. right <laughs> exactly yeah and it's the my mom's best friend died of ms when I was very young so it's something I've always kind of followed. And is near and dear to my heart, and so I'm really glad that they're starting. It's so well, it's so underfunded. Um, the whole MS is just really not studied the way it should be. But the little bit of research we do have really does show that plant foods can help. And so I hope your friend will make her way. Just keep leading by example and encouraging her along. She's
1: been eating a lot more plants lately. Actually, that's great!
0: Yay! Uh, yeah, she's been
1: adding more more greens to
0: her plate. So oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> So I guess the last thing for you is you've already said how much you love the meal plans, which I so appreciate, but I know you've been <laughs> using them. Um, you, you've really integrated them in your life. I know you said, you know, the group has really inspired you to really kind of follow, be consistent, you know, pack your breakfast, pack your lunch, pack your dinner when you have to work, you know, stop, don't make excuses. Don't create an environment where you might eat something bad or naughty, you know, to really be prepared, which is something I'm always trying to preach, but you have had to travel and You know, you're getting ready to get married, so things are extra busy right now for you. So, congrats on those pending nutshells. But you've been using them. Yeah. But you've been using the meal plans to even guide you in a different way. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, so basically, you've made it so easy. So, you take takeout food and you turn it healthy, basically, because I don't want to ever feel like I'm eating healthy food. I feel like I'm eating takeout food all the time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you. Show us how what what's in uh, vegetable sushi, so I can order that. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm out, or like you've shown us the vegetable sandwich, so I can order. It. So like you know your your bagel sandwich with the hummus and the vegetables, I order that now. Mm-hmm. Or there's this Mediterranean um, restaurant near me, and I order you know the um, cucumber hummus on a pita wrap or whatever. I try and take all the the meals that you've already created and just order them on takeout and just try and make them as healthy as I can. Just trying to use common sense.
0: Yeah, and I love that. I remember when you posted that in the members group, you had mentioned that you were having a week in which it wasn't really ideal for you to follow every single meal plan. Like you couldn't do Mm -hmm. the breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day that week. It was just too much for you. But what you were doing is when you were out to eat and having to buy food on the go, you chose something similar to a meal you once already had on the meal plan. Like you said, you had vegetable sushi on a meal plan before, so you knew exactly what kind of sushi to order. Or you Mm -hmm. had had a hummus vegetable wrap on the meal plan before, so when you were at that Mediterranean restaurant, you basically picked your sides to recreate that wrap there at the restaurant, thereby making the healthiest choice. And really, you were basically staying in line with the meal plan in a way, even though you weren't right. having what was technically a sign that day. Can I tell
1: you a secret? Yeah. There's this restaurant by me. Um, it's a Mexican restaurant, and um, – I, when it first opened, I used to go there all the time and I ordered, you know, your easy beans and rice dish. Oh. I mean, they had to make it special for me. And you know what they did? What? They put it on the menu. They, they have a strict vegan menu. What?
0: Now. Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. That should be a secret. <laughs> that's so cool. And I'm cool. having my bridal shower
1: there next month. <laughs> oh,
0: yay. That's so cool.
1: Oh, I love it. They gave me the... They gave me the first menu of it before they gave it to anybody else.
0: That's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love that. (laughs) That Actually, that happened to me once. I was in an airport, and I picked, like, 10 different things from 10 different items on the menu to create my own sort of salad. It was like a portobello salad, basically. And the chef came out, and, like, he liked it so much that they put it on the menu. And I was like – yeah <laughs> that's me but no, that's super cool that is so cool only you
1: can go to the airport in every day huh?
0: yeah i know right i know but that's really cool and i love that you're having your shower there how fun yeah. so, so you know you'll have a food to eat oh that's so great that's well, why they chose it because i
1: knew that i'd have food to eat
0: ah, there you go that's so smart Uh, Well, before we go, is there any other advice you might have for someone who feels frustrated or struggling? You've already given so much great advice about, you know, not getting hung up and just keep progressing forward. But anything else, because you've really had an incredible journey and you've had such a uphill battle just from the get go that you're just so inspiring that you remain so positive and goal oriented.
1: I think the other key is to just be surrounded by a good support system. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if your family isn't 100% on board, go online. There's a lot of communities out there that are supportive and will help you, like your group has, like the meal mentor group has helped me so much, um, even when my own family couldn't, you know? Mm -hmm. So just try and find something that works for you um, and support system really helps.
0: I agree. Really, having that community, even if it, like you said, if it has to be online, is so wonderful. And with all the technology we have today with iPhones and iPads and all that, it's so much, it, it's just at your fingertips, and I interact with my online friends probably as much or equal to my real life friends, which I don't know what that says about me, but um, I just, (laughs) I I feel it's, we're just living in a different age where you can have that constant support right there at your fingertips when you're having a moment of weakness. And I know you and I have both done it in the group. We've been like, Oh, I'm having a really hard day guys. Help, help, you know, power me through. And they do. And it's just so beautiful and wonderful.
1: It works. It really does. It's like, I want potato chips right now. What do I do? They're like, think about how bad you'll feel. But I'm like, I want them. <laughs>
0: I want a and they're like, okay. have a- I know. I was just going to say, have a baked potato. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> Reluctantly. Okay. It's over. I, I feel better now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like when you get that hangry feeling and you just want whatever you see on TV, mm-hmm. you know?
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. They're. Was it? Was it you? I can't remember if it was you or another male mentor member that had said like having the um the TV that skips the commercials has saved them ten pounds a year. I was just like truth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> By not seeing the commercials, it's like I was like, oh yeah, that definitely works for me. That's why I watch everything on replay. <laughs> <laughs> I just got rid of my TV, so hopefully I'll lose a lot more weight now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I don't know, because if you get, like, Hulu or Netflix, it's – well, Netflix, there are no commercials, but Hulu's just – I find is just as bad. Although, I guess they've learned me really well on Hulu because all the commercials I get are for, like – soy milk or almond milk and i'm just like or avocados and i'm like you you know me hulu you understand me or or it's car commercials and then i'm just like no but, but they, at least they're not showing me like carl's jr anymore so i'm glad we understand each other hulu progress not perfection <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, it has been so fun having you on the podcast, Laura. I'm so glad I was able to convince you. You were awesome, and it was so fun, and I had a great time, and I hope you had a great time, and I hope everyone enjoyed listening, and if you want to learn more about the meal plans, you can visit getmealplans.com, and you can meet Laura and I in the forums. Laura is actually very active. She's sort of one of our group leaders, and she's just so wonderful (laughs) to hang out with, and talk to but um yeah so thanks again and everyone have a great night